Hi, and welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. We want to teach you how to decorate your home and unleash your inner decorator. So we'll be interviewing interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and also answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline. I run the Ballard Designs blog, howtodecorate.com. And I'm Taryn Schwartz, and I'm on the product design team at Ballard. And I'm Karen Mooney, and I head up branding at Ballard. We're your hosts. Hey, y'all. we would do something a little different this week um we we're going to talk about some 2018 trends mm-hmm. yeah it's the beginning of the year so let's talk about what we're seeing exactly and if we like it or hate it yeah yeah like would can... you put it in your house or would you not yes okay all right well, love it or leave it okay go what are some trends um so i pulled up remodelista just put out a list of 18 for 2018 okay so let's see if we like them. Are we going to do through all 18 or just like 10 minutes? No, we'll worth? go through whatever. We'll see how we go. Um, <laughs> number one, a kitchen booth. A new approach to the eating kitchen. The revival of the 1950s kitchen booth. I thought that was around for forever. I mean, like a little Ballard's banquet? been doing it for like a oh, zillion years. Yeah, but you know, banquets. interestingly enough, our banquet sales have just grown, 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 grown. We keep introducing all kinds of new ones and people just keep snapping them up. So maybe that has to do, maybe we created the trend. Okay. But I will say when I think of a booth, I think of both sides. Yes. Like bench, table, bench. Yes. Mm-hmm. So not like but bench, table. But a banquet table. is just a long bench, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So you could like squeeze it into a certain area, but. I mean, I think for a casual kitchen, yes. Or like for a, sorry, for like a breakfast room. Yes, I love it. But I don't feel like it replaces like a formal dining room. I like a formal dining room. Is it replacing a formal dining room? No, it just says eating kitchen. Yeah, like like if you only have one dining room, unless you can't fit anything else, I would say a no. But if you can have both, then I say yes. Nothing replaces a formal dining room. Number two is ceramic trays. Ceramic trays. I like it. I like ceramic in well, general tr- as a as a material. So I do too. I'm, I'm trying I'm to envision it. this. But trays, I think, came in. So now it's this. I kind of feel like they're that handmade look too. Yeah. It's like kind of non-refined. Uh huh. Uh huh. Just picture like Can you get a it? platter with a lip on it, kind of and square. All right. I mean, I'm not opposed to it. I just wouldn't go, hey, trend. But all right, I'm in. We're, that's. <laughs> I would have it in my house. I yeah. probably have one. You, you, we should look around. I have one in you the kitchen, I know. See? Boom. You own one. On trend. You're so ahead of the trend, Karen. <laughs> okay, number three is uncommon mid-century lighting. Wait, let's go back to trays real quick. I just think trays are amazing in general because they corral stuff. So if you have three or four or five items, like on a coffee table or on the back of a toilet or on uh, a mantle or, I don't know, on your kitchen counter, putting those things on a tray makes it look so much tidier and you can make it into like a little um still life you know what i mean so like on my coffee table and out in the where we watch tv there's like a tray that has like a tissue box you know of course it's a cute tissue box um a candle um like a a few little objects and then like a bowl that holds the remotes well it's all together it all sits in a tray and i think trays are like a magical way to corral things and make them look more uh, just prettier i guess the end okay it's true and they could be ceramic and they could be ceramic <laughs> mm-hmm. all right so the third one was uncommon mid-century lighting i'm not sure i can visualize what that looks like but uncommon as a 
general rule, I like unusual lighting because I feel like that's a place where you can take a little risk. Yeah. And I like something that makes a statement. And I love something that like, really doesn't fit the vibe of everything else in the room when it comes to lighting. Like if you mm -hmm. have a very classic room to put a really trendy piece yeah, or a really mm -hmm. classic piece in a really modern room. I love that with and lighting, yeah. like you said, lighting. Or the a really reverse, good like a really modern space, but then you've got like an anti crystal chandelier mm -hmm. or something can kind mm -hmm. of be awesome. Yeah. Juxtapose. Okay, number four, y'all are both gonna love. Ugly ceramics. Going yeah, back to I feel like I have some of these from are you my making pottery them? class that <laughs> was some of my favorites. The ones you gifted us that you made. Oh, those I have a good ones. No, <laughs> Those were not ugly. <laughs> That's what I meant. I'm in the beach. She's a trendsetter. Thanks, Karen. I'm I love so you too. Sorry. I love Karen, them, and I, I don't love think they're ugly. my point. I'm totally that teasing. Went. No, I love it that I'm not the mean one this time. It's Taryn. Ceramics, <laughs> 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 like what, like? A vase? Uh, Ceramics in lumpy shapes, unrefined designs, and drab color palettes are looking fresh. Okay, I, I wouldn't call any of that ugly. Like, I love drab and unrefined, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, well, my pottery certainly is unrefined, that's for sure. But I, the, the, the drab color palette, like... Maybe they mean muted, like grays hey, I will say that the... Okay, I did get a glimpse at this one picture that accompanies this in the article. Wait, you got and, a sneak peek at this? I know. I'm oh, sorry. you can post it. Um, and it actually, they kind of were ugly. Oh, okay, fine. Ugly but ceramics. That's, yeah. That's not my style, but. And also, if it's, if it's called ugly, then why? Mm, why, why avoid. Why are we? Yeah, red flag. I generally <laughs> Exactly, red flag. I'm just telling you guys. All I'm right, ready. let's do like <laughs> two more. Right. Number five is high gloss ceilings. I like that. I, like I feel too. like we've seen it too. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I love it in a small, like a powder room. Mm -hmm. I think that, like, I've been toying with in my powder room, like, why is it always about me? I don't know. Toying with the idea of my powder room, like, putting wallpaper up there or, like, high gloss, you know, mm -hmm. shiny white or something. Like, I like it. It's a space where you can really make a statement, but you're not going to be overwhelmed. And if you just think, like, functionally, it just bounces the light back down, which mm -hmm. is, I mean, you always need more light in a space, pretty much. So. Mm -hmm. It looks good. Okay. Uh, this one is a color one. Um, Mignonette Green. What color it's is that? like a sage. Yes, that's a good way to put it. Mm. I don't think of that as it's being like sage. A blue but... green. What? Yeah, I think of sage as being pretty light. It looks like a blue foam. green, right? Like a light blue green. Looks like that '80s sea foam that mm. went with like the yeah. '80s. That's, yeah, peach. that's a really good way to. Yeah, yes. which that color combo has been coming back, and it's not a fave of mine, but they'd say, like, if you've lived through the trend once, you shouldn't experience it again. You know what I mean? Like, and you're, you're like, old enough you're like, to not stop. do it. Yeah. There's so many outliers to that one. What about bell bottoms? I, well, they, but they say, like, if you're old enough Ooh, to have I worn bell mine. bottoms the first time, oh, you're too you're old to wear them the second time I around. I thought you were saying oh. that you shouldn't like it. Yeah. You're saying I, you shouldn't. You shouldn't, you shouldn't live it. Live, yeah, got it. But I do break that rule. Because mm. I love bell bottoms. I got a great yeah. pair. Bell bottoms mm -hmm. are awesome. Although I guess technically we didn't live. Yeah, Terry, you're right. too so young. This is my first time doing the trend. True. So if it comes back in my lifetime, I'm not allowed to wear them again in my 80s. Well, screw that. Hey, I'm doing whatever. It. Do what you want. <laughs> um, luxury board games. No. Luxury dumb. board games. Like a chocolate Monopoly set? What do you mean? All right, we're in passing. Leather think, chess sets. No way. I painted, think that is hand painted like, dominoes, gold playing cards. I'm not That's a big like, game player in general. <laughs> I love games. so. But I think that's right, like so a waste of money. That Take that money and buy something. I don't know. Cuter. If you're like 
If you're really as, into Monopoly or something? No, I was thinking like if you had a nice hotel and like that that was what you put out or, you know. As, well, like if you play chess, like an amazing chess set, yes. That I could maybe. I, I could get behind that. But see, I don't see Monopoly as being like. I know, I, I inserted yeah. that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't chess see. or checkers, okay. I'm picking my favorite f- two more. Okay. Retro tile. Like what? Like vintage pink tile. Um, oh, no. Yeah, it's happening. And <sighs> there is the Shaker Explosion. I like Shaker. Shaker Storage Solutions. I like Shaker in general as a antique Shaker. style. Mm-hmm. It's very Because simple. it's very, yeah, it's very minimalistic, mm-hmm. which I, I like. I, I think there's a place for that. But the the antique tile, the retro tile, I'm, I'm I, tile is a place where you can go wrong really quickly doing something that's trendy. You know what and I mean? And it's expensive. It's an expensive. Yeah. It's a commitment for mm-hmm. sure. I say you go as classic as possible. I always feel like with the stuff that you can't replace every day, like anything hard, needs to be as classic as possible. Mm-hmm. Unless you are built. Okay, if you're building like a brand new modern house, mm-hmm. it maybe should have modern tile. You know, if it's like an all glass house, yeah, right? Yeah. But or if your if your budget, you know, allows for you to remodel your kitchen every ten years. Okay, cool. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. I wish I could. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could too. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. That, that's all we have. Those all we have an appetite ones. for. Yeah. All right. Another, I need to go get some ugly ceramics right now. Yeah. Another one's <laughs> oil lamps. If you really like, really. Nuh-uh. Yeah. What is that even? Oil lamps. Like. It's like a trend. Remember those with right, the wick and all that yeah, stuff? Yeah, but it's like a new trendy thing that people are like. No. I We had those when I was a kid. I thought they were super cool. And then you put colored like oil in them and I stuff. That. that thing? Yeah, but I, we're talking about the same that thing. But I don't remember like the colored oil. a lot oil. of mess to me. And stinky. Yeah. I'm okay, so y'all are so buying half of those. We are but, running our own um, trend. <laughs> now you're going to see them everywhere. It's the real. You guys, you know, know what? For next year. We should put on the blog, like, the three of us should do what we think the trends are for the year. And see we if we can get any of them right. Yeah. <gasps> okay. We'll do it. All right. So we got a fun guest. Let's yeah. Let's get to it. Bring her in here. We are so excited to welcome our guest today. Her name is Paloma Contreras, and she has a blog called La Dolce Vita. I'm sure, I mean, it's one. it was one of the first like design blogs. So, and it's your 10 year anniversary. It's our 10 year anniversary this Yay. year. We just celebrated it in the summer. So, Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. That's a trailblazer. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gee. Yeah. She is also an interior designer in Houston, Texas. And you're working on a book, right? I am. I'm working on my first book. It's called Dream Design Live and will be published by Abrams this September. So we're super excited about that. Um, It'll be really exciting. It's really a, a whole lifestyle book with a big design focus, but we talk, it's divided into three sections. Um, the dream section is all about inspiration, how to find it, what to do with it, really culling through it because I found in my time, both as a designer and a blogger that people can easily find things that they're drawn to and inspiration, but then they get hung up on the process of doing something with it and editing mm-hmm. it down. So we're gonna talk a lot about that in the first section of the book, and then the middle section, the design section, is all about design, tangible design advice, um, my go-to sources of inspiration and um, pieces that I love to use, things that I find classic and timeless and beautiful. And the last section, Live, is all about how to share one's ideal home with the people that they love to really 
solidify having this beautiful lifestyle and sharing it with with those who are special to us. So it sounds like such a practical guide. I love that idea of of like showing us like, all right, here, here are the roadblocks I see people have in design and how to get over them. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I strive for in everything that I do, whether it's through my blog, social media, and certainly when we're hired to help people design their homes is addressing issues and hangups, problems, mm -hmm. and how we can solve those challenges. So it's really important for me to write a book that wasn't just about pretty things, but that actually offered tangible solutions that people can use to live their best life. Do you get like a million questions from people like, hey, help me do X, Y, and Z? Like, you know, or like, I'm sure you get tons of questions and emails, right? I do, and I do my best to answer as many of them as I can. Sometimes it gets challenging. Um, it's a little bit easier to do it on social media where it's sort of instantaneous. And sometimes it gets a little bit tricky if I share a photo of a client project that's completed and they ask for specific information for sources. Sometimes yeah. I'll share it, but then other times it's, it's like a fine line because right. our clients pay a nice amount of money to hire us, and so, you want to protect that privilege, if you will, the fact that they've paid for these services and um, had access to these sources and you don't always want to share them so readily. So mm -hmm. I, I struggle with it a little bit, yeah. to be honest with you. And I also would love to answer every question that I get, but there's just not enough time. Yeah, so sure. I, I try. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you find people running into the same roadblocks over and over? What are some of the common challenges that people have that you're trying to help them solve? You know, honestly, I think most often um, in this day and age with social media, people generally have an idea of the things that they like. Mm -hmm. And above all, it seems like people tend to get overwhelmed because they're inundated by images. And so I find either clients or readers coming to me and saying, I love X, Y, and Z, but I'm just not sure how to make it all work together, or I'm not sure which direction is the right one to take. Mm -hmm. So it's all about really editing and um, committing to an idea or a design route per se, and really committing, I mean, not to use the same word, but to go down that road mm -hmm. and yeah. stick like with in. it mm -hmm. and not, waffle back and forth that's what i see the most yeah. is getting in one's own way yeah and for sure. the self-doubt it's hard to get to know yourself i feel like even designers struggle with that where they it's their own home and they're like well gosh i could do anything here yeah how do i pick it's intimidating i think yeah. for most people that's why we have people like you to help us <laughs> yeah. do you most people who come to you kind of have a very firm idea of what they want or is it a blank slate not usually. I, I would say that in general, most people have a general idea of the look that they like or something that they gravitate to, or at the very least, an idea of how they want their home to feel. And we do a really, um, we strive to listen as best we can and really interpret the feedback that they give us however little or however much into something that is a reflection of the way that the client and their family want to live, the way that the house would optimally function for them and their family, family in particular, and of their style, whether they understand completely what that is or not. Mm -hmm. Are there ideas you're having to talk people out of? All the time. <laughs> yeah. Every like, day. What are, what are <laughs> like, most people want you're like, no, no, no. We can't do that. Um, you know, I have to say, I have to be very honest. I think in general, my clients are great and they 
tend to have good taste. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't get too many wild ideas. I have one client who loves pattern and color and like very globally inspired things, which I love, but sometimes we have to find a stopping point. Right, and break. so I'll show her something in like a neutral and she'll be like, but what about this? And it's a chair <laughs> with pattern all over it. And so I just have to step in as sort of the editor and help her to see the big picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I mean, I don't have too many people asking for like barn doors or anything like that not, right. not super trend driven <laughs> and usually i'll just if that does happen i'll remind people that if we're seeing a ton of something right now chances are you're going to be tired of it in two years and it's sure. not the best investment sure. yeah we were just talking about before you got here the beginning of the show we were talking about trends for the year mm-hmm. and you know how to how do we balance what's like fun and cool and it feels really fresh to us with something that's going to like you said make us want to throw up in her mouth in 18 months. <laughs> well, you know, that's, it's a really, um, it's a big dilemma. And I think ultimately the rule that I try to abide by in my life is just, if I love it and it brings me joy, then it doesn't matter if it's a trend or not, it's going to make me happy. And so I'm going to put it in my house. Um, I generally sort of eschew trends. I don't, I'm not a slave to trends, but that doesn't mean that I don't have things in my own home or in my own wardrobe that aren't having a moment per se. And Mm -hmm. I certainly like fall victim to a trend (laughs) here and there, but it's because I genuinely gravitate to something and love it and and find it beautiful. And um, most often in terms of home, it'll be something simple like maybe it's a a fabric or there's a wallpaper that I have in my powder bathroom that I put in a year ago, which I wouldn't say is trendy. It's the um, cloud wallpaper by Fornicetti. And I loved it. I wanted something really graphic and cool. And it was such a hassle to get it installed because it's (laughs) not measured by the single roll or the double roll. It's in these off size panels and my installer who's been doing this for like 45 years could not figure it out and the showroom couldn't figure it out so it was a whole thing and we got it hung and then I was like Meh, I like it um, oh no and a year later I'm I'm just sort of over it mm-hmm. and I want to do something different so I'm being very cognizant of the fact that I fell prey to that once before and I don't want to make that costly mistake again. So there's a paper that I really, really love right now, but I'm seeing it pop up all over Instagram. Every young designer's putting it in a project. And so I've decided I'm going to steer away from that. (laughs) Well, especially for someone that's always looking at stuff. Mm -hmm. Like if you aren't really into design and you're like maybe a client of yours or someone, then they might not know that it's everywhere. Right, yeah, so they won't not, be oversaturated yeah, be, exactly. with it, yeah. But we're all like constantly on Pinterest, constantly looking at mags and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So you, yeah, you get, it's more oversaturated. And then once you notice true. it, you can't stop mm-hmm. seeing it. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's so true, it's so true. I almost miss the days when I was not quite as exposed to things because I, I, you know, I go to all of these markets. I go to High Point twice a year. I go to several other markets throughout the year. I'm on Pinterest. I'm on social media. I'm constantly reading magazines and doing all of these things. And it takes a lot for something to feel really exciting and fresh and inspiring now. I almost feel like I'm a little bit jaded. Mm -hmm. So I'm almost (laughs) tempted to step back sometimes and stop looking at things because you just... You see the same things over and over again, and you're right. It's almost like you get numb to it, and you miss that rush that you might have felt way back when, when things really were new to you. So, Is there anything right now that's like that new, fresh thing that you're like, oh, my God, this feels so exciting? 
Um, you know, I, I don't know that there's a specific product or item, but I'm loving the fact that in general, it seems like the design industry as a whole is starting to shift back towards more traditional interiors and is embracing things like antiques and beautiful prints and mm -hmm. rich color again, because mm -hmm. for a while there, I think it began with the era of Mad Men on AMC and right. who doesn't love Mad Men, but everything was going mid-century modern. And then every retailer was doing super modern and it just had this trickle down effect and don't get me wrong i love a modern interior it can be absolutely fabulous and i do some for clients here and there but it's kind of refreshing to have things go back to this like cozy traditional classic sensibility yeah mm -hmm. the color is definitely making a comeback for because so it was all white gray white gray mm -hmm. that was it mm -hmm. in furniture and fabric and it is nice to see it you know it, it feels like you said warm you want to snuggle in definitely mm -hmm. we talked about um with our last guest about warm furniture like brown furniture mm -hmm. where i feel like it was hated on for a little bit and now it's like okay we all have it yeah we all let's let on it, it some yeah right <laughs> put it back in um so i wanted to ask just because i i read your blog or and i know about you but for those who don't know you did you start with the blog and become a designer or were you a designer for in first and then the blog took shape so i my background is actually in education i was a high school spanish teacher i studied spanish and italian in um, college and then decided i would teach so i did that for four years and felt really creatively stifled i enjoyed it i love languages they were my first first love really and loved working with students and um the day-to-day -day of academia if you will but it never felt quite like the right fit for me I didn't feel like I really had a future in education and um, around this time over 10 years ago blogs were a very new thing and right. the only blogs I'd heard of were actually written by friends from high school or college who'd moved away after school and were living in New York pursuing journalism or doing these cool things. And they were sort of keeping a journal, if you will, to keep their friends and family in the loop of what was going on. And I thought, well, I could totally do that. I mean, that sounds like something fun I can do in the summer because all of my friends were working. They weren't teachers. And I was off and looking for something to fill the time. So I thought, well, I can try a blog. And that's just a way to um, get back to writing, which I'd always enjoyed. So I started very slowly. It was very random. There was no focus. <laughs> Slowly but surely, it started to to take shape, and I honed in more on my love of design. I'd always loved design. Around this time, we were we'd bought our first house, so I was in nesting mode, if you will, and um, started to really talk about interiors and design, and a little bit about fashion and travel, and all the things that have inspired me. And um, it took a, on a life of its own within about a year. I think people started to take notice and um, I started to build a little bit of an audience and then I started getting some nice press. So I left my teaching job and pursued the blog full time and did that for quite a few years. And in between, I had a couple of different projects that I worked on. I was director of marketing for a lighting company um, for a couple of years and decided in that time that I really wanted to work on my own. And in between, I'd had several friends and family members and readers would inquire about whether or not I would help them with their homes because they liked what they saw on the blog. And I finally got to a point where I thought, well, I can do this. I'm going to pursue this. And I knew a lot of people by this point who had um, written, blo not written blogs, who had design 
firms and had been in this business for a really long time. And because we'd gotten to know each other through the years, through the social media outlet, and I had helped them by giving them press and covering their projects, talking about their books and whatnot, they were very, very generous to me when I decided to start this new venture and had questions. So I felt like even though I didn't have a formal background in design, I kind of got a really amazing education from some of the best teachers I could have ever asked for um, and decided to just hang up my shingle and give it a go. And that was a little bit over five years ago. In that time, we've grown the company. It started out just being me by myself for about the first 18 months or so. And then we started to grow the team. We have five people now and they're all amazing. I couldn't do it without them. Um, and we're working on some really cool things. We have projects in Houston, of course, where I live and in but on both coasts, East Coast, West Coast, as well as in Hong Kong currently. And oh, I'm wow. working on my first book, working on some product design. So lots of amazing things. And it's sort of a testament to the power of social media and, um, the power of really like following your dream and doing what you can to make it a reality. I feel like anybody can make anything happen nowadays. You just have to have the will, the tenacity and some t talent and it takes hard work. <laughs> a little of that. <laughs> Do most of your clients find you through social media or is it? Worth I would it say most. Yeah. It's a combination. So it's either our existing clients locally referring us to their friends and family or neighbors and um, social media people finding us on Instagram or the blog. Mm -hmm. I've been reading your blog for years now. And one of my favorite things is when you interview other interior designers. I just, I feel like I, you always have people that maybe have like seen their work and when you post photos of their work, I'm like, oh, I remember that from House Beautiful, but I didn't really know their name. Uh -huh. They're like, just on the cusp and I just like love getting to know them through your interviews so I anyway if anyone's listening I'd highly suggest going and checking this out because they're always like good little nuggets and people that maybe you wouldn't have normally heard of but that are really talented and mm -hmm. it's kind of cool I think the first one you're talking about is the style files yes. so that's like my big series that I do on the blog and that's usually every couple of weeks and we've interviewed everyone from big design luminaries like Suzanne Kessler and Bunny Williams, Aaron Lawner, Kelly Wurstler, to young up and coming designers who are mm -hmm. doing exciting things. And that's one of my favorite, favorite features mm -hmm. to work on because I always learn something new and I feel like there's always something unexpected. So for instance, earlier this week, I interviewed the architect Peter Penoyer, who is so well-respected, so accomplished, and he had really funny answers that were sort of <laughs> off the cuff that I wasn't expecting. I knew he'd be super articulate and intelligent, and um, I expected him to have sort of a formality to him, but he surprised me with this sense of humor that was sort of mm. cheeky, which was great. And I love that. It's so refreshing. Yeah. I feel like I always learn something from those posts and the readers really enjoy them. And then another sort of condensed, newer version of Style Files that I'm doing is called Five Minutes With. And we'll do that with people who fit within sort of this lifestyle space. And those can be photographers or people in the fashion world. Anne Mashburn was one of the people in the Style Files too. And when we, we had her on the podcast, I was going through like all of the interviews I could find of her. And that was one of the ones I read. So. Oh, yes. <laughs> love Anne. Circle around. Oh my gosh. Love she her is adorable. So how would you describe your style to the listeners? Your personal style or her business style? 
Mm. Is it different? Both. I don't know. Yeah, are they I'd different? say it's very inter- it's very much intertwined. There's a very fine line between my personal life and my professional life at this point. <laughs> I don't know that there's a distinction to be honest. You're all so in. I would say whether it's my wardrobe or the design um, side of things in terms of interiors that I'm designing. My style's very classic. It's rooted in the traditional, but there's always some sort of modern, fresh touch. I love color. I love mixing the juxtaposition of mixing um, antiques and more modern, clean-lined pieces, having something that you wouldn't necessarily expect in an interior. And we love pattern. We use it a little bit more sparingly. I I love Mm -hmm. to use a little bit of saturated color and then find a really fabulous hero fabric in a space. Hero fabric. I like that phrase. That's good. (laughs) We talked about, we've talked about how you have that object in the room, but to talk to your hero fabric too. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. what's your number one? Yeah. I mean, I, you have obviously more neutral or solid fabrics that lay the foundation in the space. And more often than not, most people are going to upholster their big lounge chairs and um, sofas and bigger pieces in a solid, unless they're super daring. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to mix in some additional textiles through rugs and drapery and uh, throw pillows and whatnot. And I always find that I have a favorite in the grouping. There's always multiple patterns, but there's always one that I absolutely love. And that sort of is a deciding factor for everything else that's going to go in the room. And so that's where that's where we find the thread, if you will. That's where that cohesive thread that's going to bind that particular space and then tie it to the next space comes from. It's usually from that hero fabric. Do you, I'm sure it varies a lot, but do you have like a particular application that that hero fabric always lands on or no it can it, all over the floor, it varies floor. from from space to space from room to room and from project to project depending upon what we want to do for that particular client how much pattern they like it can be a fabric on a chair or it can be relegated to say just a couple of pillows um it could be a headboard mm-hmm. it could be anything really do you have a rule for how many patterns i should put in a room I typically don't do more than three, mm-hmm. and the scale usually varies. You want to have something that's a small scale to complement the larger scale pattern, and then something that reads as a neutral, like a stripe. That's usually my, not stripe. official rule, but I find <laughs> that that combination is sort of foolproof. Mm-hmm. I feel like stripes mm-hmm. go with everything. Mm-hmm. They go with every pattern. Caroline always wears stripes. <laughs> They're all over everything she does. Of course I'm not now. Her but house. Yeah. Surprise Whenever you have like a stripe running room. down your car. That would be cute. <laughs> you should put like a little orange racing stripe on your car. Down my Camry. It would be so cute. Yeah. <laughs> it would be fun. Oh um, yeah, whenever we're working on rooms for the catalog and like pulling fabrics together, I'm always like, y'all, we need to put a stripe in here. And they're like, every room. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> but we love stripes. You're right. They do read as a yeah. neutral. Well, we talk, we've talked a lot about when, we, when we're when we doing our catalogs and we show it, you know, we will put you know, a more bright, colorful fabric and pattern. We can take risks. And then we wouldn't actually. But we find that the customer orders the more simple mm-hmm. the oh, majority right, right, right. of the time. But, you're, I mean, you know, it's right. I mean, those those images are meant to inspire us mm-hmm. to explore what things we enjoy, right? So mm-hmm. maybe 
that's a little too much pink, but I'll have a hot pink pillow and I want to mix it with a little leopard and a pretty little ticking stripe like he has on the bed. Um, you know, it's looking at, we often talk about looking at images and figuring out what about those images is appealing to me and how can I take it apart as elements and mm -hmm. put it back together in a way that works for me. So that's a whole lot of pink, but if I like pink, how can I work it in and how can I take the other things that are in the room, like black and white mm -hmm. um, in this particular room? and apply it to my room and then right. get get the balance that feels comfortable to me maybe i'm not quite that bold of a girl mm -hmm. but you know i can i can temper it for my <laughs> own taste yeah that's exactly right i do think anything i've done that has been a bolder move where you're just like i'm going to do it i've have not regretted it you're a bold girl you your, love color I've done it. A color in my lover. own house yeah. yes i don't have clients so that's <laughs> that's a positive to my comment oh, I, if i mess it up it's on me but is there new content that you're putting in this book i feel like you've said everything come on there's lots right? of new content it's <laughs> no it's all you know new I mean? it's all new i mean some of some of the things that we talk about are maybe not brand new in the sense that my design philosophy is what my de design yeah. philosophy is and it always has been that way i don't foresee that changing per se but we were really really busy this past summer and shot i believe 13 projects oh, brand new projects oh never gosh. before seen for the book and we're saving all of that so it's going to be fresh and new and exciting and hopefully inspiring oh my gosh so there's must five be, like, of you dying to share and you did yes. 13 yes and in Busy. the middle of it devin who's here with me um went on maternity leave no. and how dare you yeah <laughs> with, twins. <laughs> with twins so it was a busy summer but we got through it and it was it was fun we we were as organized as we could be and i spent the spring writing the book my agent is incredible berta if you're listening you're the best um <laughs> she's incredible and she kept me super organized so since the book is three sections i spent one month each month in the spring writing one of the sections so by the end of may the book was written and then we were able to spend the whole summer just focusing on getting all of those shoots done, which was really great too, because we had access to the best flowers in the summertime oh, yeah. and the light was really consistent from one shoot to the next, and, which was really and nice. Night all day too, mm -hmm. so that helps. Exactly, <laughs> so yeah. we were lucky that she gave us that bit of advice. I think it was a smart way to tackle it that made it a little bit more manageable. But yeah, super exciting to, to share all of that new work with everybody. Wow. So what, okay, walk us through how you're writing the book. Are you sitting at your kitchen table in your PJs, drinking coffee? Are you at a coffee shop? Like, paint a picture. No, um, I tried to be very strict with myself about it, but also be forgiving of the fact that inspiration ebbs and flows. And I really had to be in a specific mindset to sit and write for hours on end. And I'm also running a design business. So it was hard to have all of these different projects going on and squeeze time in each day to write the book. So I told myself early on that I would focus on client work from Monday through Thursday. And on Fridays, my team and I worked remotely. So the girls would all work from home and I was alone in my office, quiet time, and that was my day to write 
for that entire spring season and a little bit into the summer. Um, so I would just dedicate, I knew that I wasn't gonna take appointments. I wasn't taking any calls that were not an emergency. I wasn't gonna answer emails all day long. And just like in little bursts, I wasn't gonna be slave to email like I am typically. And <laughs> my sole focus for those days was to write. And it worked out really nicely. So I would just put on some music and try to get into the mindset and, um, and write as much as I could each time. Wait, I don't think you've said yet. When is it coming out? In the fall. We're thinking okay. September, but we'll confirm the date. We don't have a solid date yet. <laughs> Very exciting. Is there like a cover and everything? There's a cover, <gasps> yes. Oh my so gosh. We'll... I feel like that would be the most exciting part. It's super exciting. It's been really nice because I've been so invested in these projects that are in the book for a long time. I mean, they, they took years to bring to fruition and then we photographed them. And now I'm looking at them again through a fresh set of eyes and these um, layouts as we do the pagination of the book, which is super exciting. And we went through a couple of different cover options and I don't get the final, final say. I get to say which ones I like the most and then the publisher ultimately decides. But they're all really beautiful and I'm super, super excited. I think it'll be a little surreal once that's out there in the public realm. Yeah. But Ooh, yeah, I will probably do, I think, a cover reveal in March maybe when Ooh. the book becomes available for pre-sale. What an exciting, I mean, that's like a huge accomplishment. Mm -hmm. Congrats. Thank you so much. A lot of work. Yeah. Are you going to tour with the book? We will. Yeah. So we'll do a whole book tour this fall, which will be really fun to get out there and meet people and talk about, you know, what inspires me and especially to hear what inspires everybody else. Mm -hmm. Right. Let's talk about the third section of your book. Yes. That seemed really interesting to me because the way you've, you know, you've kind of put together the groupings, mm -hmm. but the third section was about like sharing what you have. Yeah. Describe that so, again to me. you know, there's the dream, which is inspiration. Design is all about designing the home and all of that meat and potatoes design advice. And then the live section is about actually living your best life in this house and not getting so caught up and making it perfect, but mm -hmm. enjoying it from day to day. And I think a lot of times in the era of Pinterest and Instagram, where we see things that are perfectly curated and completely done, we can be a little hard on ourselves and want mm -hmm. things to be just so. And so it's an important reminder of making sure that your house is a place that feels safe and feels like a fostering environment to yourself and your family and the people that you bring into it um, and also brings you joy. I mean, there are certainly things in my house that I look at that I absolutely love. And to this day, every time I walk by them, I just, I feel happy or I smile. And then there are other things that are just, you know, a chair and that's okay. Um, but we talk a little bit about entertaining, hosting guests, whether it's overnight or for a dinner party, having a brunch and just opening up this house to living your best life and inviting people in to experience the lifestyle that you've curated, if you will. Do you find that younger people are more hesitant to do that? We talk a little bit about like people don't have dinner parties anymore or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I think I think it's true. People generally, I don't know that we connect in the way that generations before us did. We're all sort of sucked into our phones and mobile devices and you know, you don't really like pick up the phone to talk to people anymore. I'm guilty of that. I'll text my friends before I'll call them. I just feel like a phone call is kind of a big commitment and I can text while I'm <laughs> right. doing something else. Yeah, for sure. I hate to say it, but it's true. It's so true. Um, and you'll like go to a restaurant and how often do you see a family sitting next to you and every individual in that family is on their own phone doing their own thing instead of engaging with one another and talking about what they've done that day or what's going on in their lives. I would love to see more and more people entertaining. And I 
have made it a personal goal to do more of that in my own life because I love it. I really do enjoy it. I love setting a beautiful table. I love cooking a meal, serving a beautiful bottle of wine and having conversation. So that's something that I hope to encourage people to do more of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we like wine. <laughs> no. <laughs> and eating, actually. Yeah, who, <laughs> yeah, what's not to love? I will say, like, I can totally understand being on your phone maybe at a restaurant, but that is one of my pet peeves if I'm having people over is people, their phone. At your table? At, people yeah. do that at your table? Oh, my God. Oh my. I had one of my I best might friends have to do that, out. and I was really ticked off. <laughs> like... Well, yeah, why do you need your phone at the table? Know, Unless you have like so, a babysitter like, issue and you let Anyways. it, you know, you don't, you're not on it, but yeah. it's like yeah. in case the sitter calls or mm. my kid's yeah. sick yeah. or something. But, yeah. and if that is, ever happens to me, I always say it in advance. Like I've got an issue with my kid who's like being oh, right, of course. diagnosed with, you know, <laughs> I don't know, shingles. I don't even know. So I got to keep my phone right. Like, I remember one time I was with Bunny Williams and my dog was in the middle of having surgery. And I was like, I have to have my phone out because, and you know, Bunny, she loves dogs. Mm, so she was yeah. like, whatever with your dog. But I was like, I got to keep my phone out because, you know, my dog's in the middle of surgery and I'll make sure he's okay. Okay. So that calls me. <laughs> but you pre-announce. Yeah, of course. Of course. And then obviously any sort my of My worst is like when people are clearly looking under the table. Oh, you know, like true. texting under the table. It makes me crazy. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, pet peeve. <laughs> no, totally agree. I feel like. If you're in someone's home, you put the phone away. Yeah. Everyone can be without the phone for two hours. Unless, like you said, there's something going on with children or whatever. And then you just make that known discreetly to the host. Right. I mean, you know. It's fun when you've been away or you've been away from your phone. Does that make sense? You're like, look at me. You feel popular. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm so good. I haven't looked at my phone all day. I feel sometimes I relish time on an airplane for that reason. I mean, more often than not, I have to say I succumb to the Wi-Fi and I'll start checking emails (laughs) and like working on things. But every now and then I'll just take it upon myself to not get the Wi-Fi on that flight. And it's sort of refreshing to be without it for a couple of hours. Yeah. I mean, it's rare that you don't look at your phone for that amount of time. Well, even now on vacation, we all have our, we can be found and mm-hmm. connected with. And I'm like, mm, bad habit. Yeah. You know, y'all can figure it out. We'll figure it out. Things are not going <laughs> to fall apart without us. Let's actually go vacate. <laughs> Digital detox. Mm-hmm. I need to do one of those, but it kind of scares me because I'm like, can I really do it? <laughs> Will yeah. I last? You know what? You I haven't been on Instagram in like months and it's kind of awesome. What happened? Why? You know what? Actually, one day I just forgot to check it. and Or like maybe it was like three days or something. And then I was like, that kind of feels nice. Like, I'm going <laughs> to just try to keep going. But I just, and then I just kind of, uh, this is the only problem. I feel like friends who have had like a big life thing going on where they're like, yeah. you know, engaged or something. Like someone at work got engaged and I was like, or she used to work with us. And I went to lunch with some coworkers and they were like, oh, did you know Anna got engaged? And I was like, wait, what? They're like, this happened like six weeks ago. <laughs> oh, oops. But maybe but, we should be talking to our friends yes. more. True. You mm-hmm. know, instead of waiting for their post about what they do. I don't know. You should try doing Touché. the detox and then you can blog about that. It'll be one of your posts. I could. Ooh, maybe I'll challenge go. myself to go a weekend without social media. And reemerge on a Monday. Here's what you do. <laughs> yeah, it's it the like? end of the world, and we wouldn't know it. Put them all. Put all of your apps in like one of those little folders that's like hidden. You know, like mm-hmm. collapse them all into like a folder and like put it at the end. Oh yeah. So you're not like seeing Tempted. the little rainbow no, you Instagram have to, icon. You have to just 
chuck the phone away. Yeah, and that works. It. You don't need oh, your okay, phone. Fine. Just stay with your husband or someone that can take care of you in case of emergency. <laughs> <Right>. yeah. Help <laughs> me. I'm alone. <laughs> do you have any pet peeves when you walk into people's homes? You're like, oh, why? Why'd you do that? Um, <laughs> we love this. One. I mean, I try not to judge. I feel like you do seem nice. <laughs> there, so there are certainly things that I don't love. I don't like a mess. I don't like a house that's messy or cluttered. That just on a very like personal level i'm super type a and organized like that just sort of makes my skin crawl a little bit Anxiety. i don't judge you for it it just makes me a little bit uneasy um but i would say just things that are too matchy matchy like a set of furniture like where you buy the sofa and you get the love seat and the matching chair mm-hmm. i don't love i mean maybe break it up and put them in different rooms mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. mix in a few different silhouettes but you know to each his own <laughs> no, that's a good one. Yeah, that's, no, that yeah, is a reason. You're being very yeah. politically correct. Yeah, yeah, you are. You're like, I don't want to be mean to anyone. <laughs> yes. All of your homes are lovely. Oh, <laughs> that is so sweet. But that is a good way to solve it. Like, you know, break it up. Break, yeah. up, break it up. Put those nightstands that's part of the suite in the guest room. Keep the bed and paint one. Yeah, like yeah. You know, your dress Just or something. make it your yeah. own. Be yeah. creative. You can split it up. Just because it was in the showroom all together doesn't mean that you have to keep it that way. Right. Your, yeah. spouse, your home is supposed to be the reflection of you. Right. Not the store you bought it from. Yeah. You want it to have a little more personality. Right. Yeah. Sure. What, what are easy ways to inject our personality into our homes? I think with color and things that have meaning for you. I always encourage clients and, and readers to find things on their travels and bring something home. And that doesn't necessarily mean like something you find at the souvenir shop. It can be a small, like little painting in an antique store that you hang in a bookshelf or a beautiful pillow or a towel, some sort of textile. It can be anything, an object. And those pieces then have special meaning to you. They remind you of this special time, this time that you got to explore, this unique place and um, they add character and personality and sort of uh, a patina from time to time depending on what you're bringing in but not everything has to be brand new and it doesn't all have to happen at one time um you know homes are they're an evolution it, it can take time you may not find the right piece of art immediately to hang over your fireplace and it could take you years maybe you finish that room and you just have a mirror or whatever it may be as a placeholder there mm-hmm. until you find the right thing. And I do think that sometimes it's worth holding out for those those things that really speak to you and bring you joy. Now, when we do have a hole and we're waiting for something, the uh-huh. perfect piece, do we, should we fill it with something temporary or just let it sit? I think it really depends on where it is. If it's a major focal point in your house, you might want to put something there temporarily right, that big empty wall that's looks fine good. yeah, yeah. Um, but if it's some something else like in a hallway or a bedroom then it's probably okay to leave it alone and just wait for the right thing instead of putting a band-aid on it right wasting yeah. money yeah yeah I could see yeah like when you said the mirror thing that makes a lot of sense to me because mirrors can be like very inexpensive mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. while you're waiting like you said for the right art finding the perfect piece it's a great way to just fill up that little space while you're waiting totally and then you can always move it somewhere else in the house I mean mirrors are so easy I love decorating with mirrors I think they're great yeah True. I just did this at home because my juju died um, your juju hat which one my, ju- my hot pink one oh. I have it on my white but how did fireplace. it die what happened 
the bugs, remember? See, oh, I had bugs yeah, in I've heard too. they get bugs. Mm-hmm. Which is really disgusting, yes. And it <laughs> yeah. should make me not want it, right? Like uh-huh. 100%. But I want another one. But it makes me want it. Why don't you get our corn one? Because it's not white enough. I want a white one. That's sort of like, I, I might get that, but we have one made out of corn husks. Can it you treat it awesome. with something? So didn't find that answer, but we tried Lysol. <laughs> Freezing it <laughs> apparently we... kills them. But Wait. you have to get it in your freezer. Well, anyway, sorry, go ahead. Anyway, we Lysoled it, and it, I think it made him mad or something. We, so I Lysoled it, and we closed it up because I put up my Christmas decorations. And then I brought Christmas down, so I went to put my juju back up, and there were, like, fully eaten feathers, like, big gaps. And I was oh, like, my. I was so disgusted, A, that that sat in a room being eaten by whatever that I can't, <laughs> mystery bug that I've not seen. Ugh. And then, two, my mantle. That was, like, my, you're, even though they bad. were a fad, it, like, I made my room around this. It was yeah. perfect. It looks hey, great. What and about it was the just, black juju hat? Listen, that's going in the other room. I'll tell you later. Oh, okay. okay. There's, She's got a plan. I love <laughs> round textured items. Does yeah, that make sense? I love it. You love it because I don't particularly love a juju hat, and I certainly don't love a bug. But <laughs> if you love it right? so much so that you would be willing to put it back in your house after a bug infestation, mm-hmm. you go, girl. You that stick with it. Like, I want to spend another $200 for the, to get eaten I again. Too. Because I can't find the thing you. that We're fits crazy. my spot. That thing <laughs> fits my spot perfectly. It was just, it's the right texture. It's yes. the right color. It's, it's, fine. Fine. it's like everything yeah. about it. I know it's one of those. It's like a fad thing that I totally bought into, and I'm still like, I'm trying to find another one. Go back to Scott's I, tomorrow. I stare at the spot on my wall. Thank you. Every day and try to figure <laughs> out what would be good too. there. And there's nothing. I haven't come up with anything except that white right? feather juju hat. Round texture. Go. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you have you for round textures? Round texture. <laughs> like on a Macrame? wall? Yeah. Yes. Oh, what should we put? Mine. That's why it's like such a good. Yeah. That's a hard one. I mean, I feel like texture is so easy to do in objects and mm-hmm. rugs and textiles mm-hmm. and in terms of the wall, that's a little bit harder. I don't love a macrame. Yeah. That's a little too hippy dippy for me. Um, yeah. Let's see. That's. I feel like you can, f- I mean, again, it's not as much texture as a juju hat, but there are some paintings that have beautiful, yeah. like chunky three dimensional texture mm-hmm. that are amazing. There's an so artist true. out of New Orleans, actually, named Alexis Walter, who I love. And she does these Google. beautiful pastels with. Um, some bright accents in them and she recently i saw is doing round paintings which i've never seen before i like that idea which are really really cool and what's amazing about her paintings is they look a certain way they're gorgeous from far away and then you get up close and there's all of this incredible texture Mm. so you should look into her she has really cool stuff alexis walter alexis walter in new orleans Okay, how do you say this listener's name? Brienne. Brienne. I'm going Brienne. Brienne, I would think. The word Brie is B-R-I-E-N-N-E. Brienne. Let's go with that. And she writes and says, Hello, ladies. I love your podcast, and I'm thrilled you opened a store in Charlotte. (gasps) Brienne, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) My husband and I have lived in our 1948 home for three years, and my biggest challenge is the TV wall in our living room. Except for my husband's enormous 65-inch TV <laughs> on the media console. I feel your pain, Brian. It is empty. The console is centered on the sofa on the opposite wall, and to the right there is a door to the deck. Normally, the holiday tree is replacing with a plant. Okay, so Replaced, there's, yeah. There's a tree next to the console right now, but there'll be a plant there. Got yep. it. Okay. Any ideas on how to decorate the TV wall? 
All right, can I describe the room? You know I love to do that. You do a much better job than I, so go ahead. That's my favorite thing to do of the whole podcast. Okay, so it's a long rectangle room. And you enter the room at a door that's on the, one of the long walls at the end. The television is in the middle of one of the long walls. And there's a sofa opposite the television. And so there's a very long, large, beautiful, empty wall that you she wants to figure out what to do with. And at the ends of the room, one is an exit to another room. And the other it's end is like a mantle and chairs and some beautiful arch it's a beautiful home, beautiful mm-hmm. arch windows and some built-in bookcases, it looks like. Brienne, you're a lucky girl. All right, so this is your thing. Tell us what to do. Well, Brienne, you have a great slate, blank slate to work with. Um, I, I think, honestly, I can relate to your problem because in my own house, I have a big wall in my living room where we have a television. And directly across from that is actually another wall where our fireplace is. So we decided to not make the focal point of the room a TV over the fireplace and put it on this other wall. But the dilemma was, what else do we do with it? I see she has a piece of furniture under the TV. What I did in my own house is we hung the TV on the wall, but then we treated the wall sort of like a salon wall, like a gallery wall. And I'd collected all this really cool art over the years in different sizes and different frames. And we we hung them all to sort of frame the television. So they're all around and it disguises the TV. I mean, it's not ever going to go away. It's 65 inches for goodness sake. So you're, <laughs> you're not going to disguise it completely, but it anybody. takes the eye away from the television. So when people are looking at that wall in that room, their eye isn't immediately drawn to the television itself you're elevating the eye to the things above it because they're more interesting and beautiful. So I would say start collecting art that you really, really love, have it framed in interesting um, frames. I have a mix of just plain like black gallery frames and some really beautiful like chunky gilded frames. It's all mixed together. Um, I drew from the colors in the room and in my living room, I have a lot of black and white and some pink accents actually. And so I pulled those colors into the art. I love abstract art, um, photography. So there's a mix of things. And we laid it all out on the floor and mocked it up and then put it up on the wall. And we still have room to add things as we Mm -hmm. find more pieces that we really love. And it looks like Brienne would have plenty of room to do the same. I would say if she needs additional seating at all, it would also be great to bring in a couple of like little X benches or ottomans that she could flank on either side Mm -hmm. of that um, television console. So she could always pull those in when she has company and have a couple of extra seats, but then they sort of anchor that wall and give it a little bit more heft. Mm -hmm. And another thing she can do, depending on the art arrangement, the way that she hangs it, I love to do this, is take small convex mirrors and say like a 14 to 16 inch size and hang them above the art sort of on the outer edges. And so then you have this little vignette where you have the ottoman next to the media console and then you have the art above it and then the mirror that sort of like caps off that um, that vignette and sort of finishes it. The mirror's at the yeah. top? At the this? top, okay. yeah. Okay. So I don't know, I think it could be a really incredible focal point and a fun way to add color to the space. Now, do you think she should keep the television on the console or does she have to hang it? She can keep it on the console. I just think if we're doing a whole salon wall around it, it would make more sense to have it on the wall. And then she can put some stuff on the console. She could like stack yeah, some right. great books and Lift it, like, add some texture and color mm-hmm. that way too. It's almost like you're treating the 
TV like a painting. You're yes. treating it like a piece yeah. of art. It's the big piece yeah. of art that's anchoring that wall. And then we're adding things around it that in this case happen to distract yeah. from the fact that it's this right. big black box. Well, that you can tell exactly what I would have said to you. Yeah. You can tell when you look at like Brianne's mantle that she's, she's got a great eye for mixing and layering art because she's got yeah, yeah, a piece true. that's hung and a piece that's in a little uh, easel and a piece that's leaning. Mm -hmm. So she, she knows what she's doing there when it comes to mm -hmm. kind of mm -hmm. making a collection and putting it together in the scale and proportion and kind of mixing she's all that. Good. Yeah, so like just take that idea you've got on your mantle and blow it out on this wall around your television. Absolutely, yeah, that's a great yeah. starting point. I feel like she's got it. Like she Brian, has you know what you're doing. a great space already. Like. She's got this sofa. I love this little bench she has floating. Like, mm -hmm. she has a good. She's. I think I might take your advice and do it myself. I hate our living room. Yeah. TV is. I should mount it above the console. Yeah. Yeah. Good try idea. it. You should try it. <laughs> yeah, because then the console doesn't doesn't feel like such a media piece. It doesn't yeah. feel like this media yeah. station. It feels right. like a piece of furniture and a television and right. then you can mm -hmm. like you said accessorize on mm -hmm. top of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love like stacks of books on the console underneath the TV. And that is how I camouflage my little, um, oh, your, your God, cable box thingy. Like I stack it like a book. So it's like a, just a black it's book. One of the right, right. Yeah. Book. The receiver or whatever. Mm -hmm. I know I've said this before, yeah. but mine's Bluetooth Karen has now. A better so solution. you don't even have to have your box. You know, you don't need a glass door. You don't, it can be like, I have mine Velcro to the back of a piece of furniture in there and it just Bluetooths to it. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to talk about it every time. <laughs> keep, keep like Google banging fiber. it in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, you so coming. much. Thank you so much. This was so fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for and congratulations on. on the book and everything. Oh my gosh, that's exciting! What a thank big endeavor. So it sounds like so much work. It, ha it, it <laughs> has been, like been a labor of love, and I'm excited mm -hmm. to see it come to fruition and to share it with everybody. Exciting. Awesome. Aren't we opening stores in Texas next year? I hope uh -huh. so. I mean, I'm looking well, at you. I like, think, in, yeah, why would I know? Um, Fort Worth and Dallas. Oh, wow. So Dallas come over. Everything. I mean, Texas is such a <laughs> tiny state. Dallas so. gets everything. I like that. You both looked at each other. Well, I'm from She's Dallas. from Dallas. <laughs> yeah, but everything goes to Dallas before it comes to Houston. Oh, man. I know. Yeah. Mm. Fine. Well, I didn't. I, we didn't pick. The three of us did not yeah. pick. <laughs> so don't blame it's us. exciting to have you there. We'll just yeah. have to we'll have to drive up. Yeah. Together, mm -hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Are you guys rolling out more stores? We're doing. Um, yeah, we're doing four in 2018. Oh, that's so great. So we're doing those two in um, Texas, and then we're doing one in Chicago. One here. And then we're opening a big flagship here in Atlanta. Do you already have one here? We do. You do. Okay. We have one here that. We have an outlet in okay. North uh, Atlanta, uh -huh. 400. And then we have a store that's inside of our corporate office mm -hmm. um, that we've had there for forever. Mm -hmm. Used to be just an outlet and then it's kind of like morphing into full price outlet. And um, But we really want to build like a beautiful like flagshipy thing. So we'll okay. close that one that's in our yeah. regular office and Compared take it as office space. Ones, it's like so sad. <laughs> Oh, our <laughs> our current store that's attached yeah, to our office because it's is, not really a well. It's the it's like it was yeah like it's not original. as beautiful as our Before new store. Before we concepts. hit our right. stride, sure. Well, yeah. it was never designed as a, it wasn't. There was it no wasn't. design. It yeah. was right. just like here's a space. Let's put a, an outlet stuff in it. Yeah, and then so anyway, we now have like a full retail thing. That's super exciting. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> and Brianne's been there in Charlotte. Brianne, yes. get over there mm -hmm. and buy some stuff for your wall. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, tell our listeners how they can find you. So you can find me online at palomacontreras.com for my design firm. And my blog is La Dolce Vita. So it's ladolcevitablog.com. Or yes. And then my Instagram is palomacontreras.design. You just switched that. I did. I recently switched it. It was La Dolce Vita <laughs> blog forever. With the book coming out and some of these, these other initiatives, I think it's just time to make the switch oh, to Paloma and have it all under one umbrella. Are you going to switch your blog name? No, I won't. Okay, I mean, that'll that'll be always be what it is, but it'll now live under the umbrella of Paloma Contreras Design. And it, it sort of functions as a facet of the overall business, if you will. I mean, it's a the marketing arm, if you will. Right, that so, makes sense. Yeah, I, if I'd known what I know now, and I if I knew where my path was going to take me 10 years later, 10 years ago, I would have named my blog after myself or something different. Like if I had <laughs> the wherewithal and the foresight to, to know what was coming, right. I would have done that. I think it would have made things a little bit simpler, but I didn't. And I still love the name and the blog means so much to me. I'm I've gotten so much out of it in terms of personal fulfillment and um, professional opportunities, incredible friendships that I feel completely indebted to it. And I'll continue to, to write it for as long as people will show up to read it. Well, we'll keep showing yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> All right. That's our show. Thank you so much for listening. You can leave us a review in the podcast app or you can subscribe to the podcast, which we would love because you'll just get the podcast straight to your phone, download automatically. Follow us on social media at Ballard Designs and um, send in your questions. Send your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net and we will answer them on a future episode. And until next time, happy, happy decorating. decorating.